This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yo, you listening to the Oprah Rose Show with TT and Gigi, and yeah, get it popping. Thoughts. Everything begins with thoughts. She's a slut, she's a hoe, she's this, she's that. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. It's about people being uncomfortable with women owning their sexuality. What is the truest, highest vision that you hold for yourself? I'm a real ass bitch, and I'm going to get everything that I'm going to get on my own. I know for sure. You don't get what you wish for. You get what you believe. Hi. What's up? What's up? Hey, y'all. Hey, hey, hello. If y'all can see her, she's literally just staring at us like, what's up? Because they don't need to be three highs. (laughs) I'm going to say my name. We have never done a show without three highs. We have done plenty of shows without three highs. We have done plenty of shows without three highs. I I don't recall. I don't know. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> so what? Right. I'm like, I do not recall. Um, well, I'm TT. I'm Gigi. And I'm DD. And this is episode uh 169 of the Oprah Rose Show. Um, as per usual, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Um, we saw some more comments and um, you know, from the shows and whatnot on Spotify. I'm not on Spotify on Apple, so we appreciate that as always. Um, write in any of your listener letters to the Oprah Rose show at gmail.com. It can be anything that you want to talk about, love, relationships, career, life, hotels, whatever it is, et cetera, et cetera. And shout out talk to the people it. that are signing up on Patreon. Um, you get those bonus episodes and some goodies in there too. It's a little content. Yes. Oh, and we do have gifts coming for existing Patreon members. So you better hurry up and sign up so you don't miss out because we'll only have the gifts while supplies last. Then you'll just have to order it. Okay. Correct, Amundo. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. I love it while supplies last. While right? supplies last. It's giving Ivy Park merch. Like, <laughs> it's giving limited Absolutely. Edition. It's giving Travis def- Scott drops. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's giving sold out in one minute. It's it, It's giving. Um, so, um, we are super excited for our guest today. Um, I feel like the, the video of this, I'm gonna just be triggered the whole episode. I already know it. I, I was doing something at work today. and was like, Oh, I can't wait for earlier later tonight. I can't wait to be read. Um, you really look like your mom. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did this little like dance. Yeah. Like I was like, well, I can't wait to be triggered tonight. Um, and I truly can't. Um, and so we have Karen, um, who is a marriage and relationship coach, joining us today. Thank you so much, Karen. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Um, so I think, you know, we, I, I was having a conversation with one of my friends and we were talking about like how you love and, and she was saying how she thought that she wanted to date herself. And I'm like, well, me too. Shit. I'm amazing. Like, why wouldn't I want to date myself? And then she kind of got into why that probably isn't the best thing for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said that she had been working with you. So I was like, oh my God, we have to have you on the show. Um, 
you know, just as we're like growing and learning. Cause again, I was completely on board. I'm like, dang, myself sounds like the best thing in the world for me. Um, but I'm, again, I'm learning and I'm growing. I'm, I'm in therapy. So um, I guess, you know, how did you even get started? Okay. Um, coaching has, um, I've been, well, I've been doing it for about 14 years, even just started on a volunteer basis at our local church. And then I started noticing, um, you know, the, I'll, I'll talk, the more I talk to people, the more, you know, especially marriage couples, I start out with them. I was noticing the same pattern over and over. Folks were getting married, getting into deep relationships and had absolutely no tools on how to navigate a relationship. Mm. So, you know, and I'm sure you guys have met people like, okay, how in the world did them two get together? Mm. You know, and so by seeing that over and over and over again, I decided that, okay, let me see if I can um, cut them off at the turn and, you know, get them some good um, premarital tools before they get into that, those relationships. And even, um, you know, even some that are not married, you know, cause I am, you know, of course I'm pro marriage, you know, my husband and I've been married 28 years. And so I embrace marriage. So, but I still know that, um, you know, there are relationships that people get into um, dedicated relationships and still don't have the tools to navigate those, you know, whether it's personality um, conflicts or how they handle money, the decision to have kids, all of those things, you know, play a factor. So I, you know, decided, yeah, let me get my, you know, we were talking about earlier, let me get my certifications and see how I can get into that space. And, you know, not just educate people, but actually arm them with the tools they need to actually do this stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of what the driving force was behind all of that. Got it. I love it. Um, I mean, I think even before that's the Lord's work, that's literally, yes. Yes. Because it's like, you, know, you essentially have two completely different people from two completely different backgrounds, like coming together, trying right. to, I, shit, I feel like learn themselves and each other at the same time, because you're yep. like constantly changing. I always say, I mean, like, I don't know. A relationship is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I, it is harder than a marathon, and I ain't never te- ran for one, but I just feel like... I mean, both require training. Both True. Require right Points. Exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, difficult in that sense, because no. the pointy is like, like you said, it's like learning yourself and the person at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you think you need to have a significant grasp on who you are, what you want in order to be successful in a relationship, keeping in mind that we're always like constantly evolving, changing, growing, maybe not growing. I think it really just kind of depends on where you are. How important is that in a relationship to you? The thing is, it is, it is very, very important. It's extremely important because one of the things that, um, you know, I've, in the past, I've heard people say, okay, marriage is 50-50 or a relationship is 50-50. And that is so not true. You don't bring half of yourself to this relationship. You're bringing your whole self. Mm. And the thing is, if you are not, um, if you're not grounded in who you are as an individual, 
you're you're going to be a, do a disservice to that relationship. Okay, so yeah, you want to get to know yourself. First off, the person that you are with is not going to make you happy. You want to find out what is it that makes you happy? What are the things that make you tick? What are the what are the things that drive you? What are what are uh, at the core of who you are? So in other words, whether this person show up in your life or not, you ought to have a fulfilling life. Now, once this person show up, life could just be a little bit cooler with this individual, you know? So yeah, you, you, as you grow and as you're, and yeah, grow, but as you come into the relationship, um, you are going to grow as an, as an individual. However, if you came, if you both came as a whole person, you're going to grow together. Mm, That's a good segue into like timing. I think a big part of that too is like sometimes you could meet somebody and you're not there in your own individual space to be in a relationship because you will do a disservice to someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And timing, you know, like you said, timing is important and you have to recognize, um, and don't get me wrong, you're not going to have it all figured out at once, you know, however, you have to have some idea of who you are, um, meaning when once this individual show up, once this person show up that, you know, you just, you know, you start, you know, it's like a, um, you know, it's like a cap, you just, you fit, you know, you're not you I mean you guys been around long enough to know when those relationships just not gonna work not even not even just a girlfriend friendship or a, you know platonic friendship you know like mm-hmm. nah this person is not fitting in my space don't try to make it happen don't try to make it fit it's not gonna work you know but sometimes we rush in because hey we are you know whatever our insecurities are or whatever our fears are and we just have to have that relationship and as the holidays are coming up yeah we don't want to go go home and have to explain to auntie whoever that hey i'm still single i'm still not dating (laughs) and they're gonna ask you know so who's the new guy or who's the new girl and yeah i'm you know you know you feel uncomfortable because you want to answer those questions you know Mm-hmm. Why is that even a question, though? I think that's a bigger question, too. It, it, and you know what? When I think, and Cameron, when you first started saying about, you know, you have to know really what you want in a relationship, I was just thinking yeah. that, like, no one ever really tells you that, right? It's like, it's more so, you know, you go to school, you get a good job, you get married, you have kids, and it's like, that's the timeline. And no one ever really has said you know, take the time out. No, what do you actually want? Like, what do you want in a partner? Who are you to then establish how to have these healthy, thriving relationships more as opposed to just like trying to be with somebody for the sake of society? Right, right. Um, you know, we've lo- we have always, uh, like you said, the timeline is, is all there. Uh, we know... Um, we know what society expects of us. We sometimes see seeing all of that modeled in front of us. However, if there's no, um, if there are no tools, if there is no goal for your relationship, because one of the things that I cover in premarital coaching is what is the goal for your marriage? What is the goal? What, what is it that you guys plan on doing? 
And a lot of times I get the deer in the headlights because they have no idea. They just know that, hey, I like this person. They like me. And so we're just going to do this. But there's no, um, they have no idea where the relationship is going. Well, how do you feel about kids? Mm, so even in so even in marriage, you have to have goals for that. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I, I wanted to reiterate that because I think a lot of people think that the goal is marriage and that there doesn't have to be work that goes into it. Well, maybe not even have to be work that goes into it. Every, I think everyone kind of understands that marriage isn't easy per se um but to have a goal or multiple goals in your marriage that is not really something that you ever really hear people speak about right that's so correct because nine times out of ten we're busy planning the wedding part and you know that's exciting we you know uh, you know just having everybody together, it's going to be great. The dress is going to be awesome. The rings are going to, you know, be, you know, the diamonds are going to be bigger than my head. And yes, so everybody's excited. And then you get to the real part, you know, nobody, you know, God forbid if the person is a, um, you know, have sexual um, issues or they have no idea how to do money or uh, all, I mean, it could be a host of things that they just aren't on the same page about, mm-hmm. you know? And so some of those things have to be addressed and they need to be addressed um, prior to getting married and not just, um, you know, not just doing the engagement part of it. Because when you get to the engagement part of it, you should have have some idea of who this individual is. But a nine times out of 10, we want to get engaged when our heads are still in the love cloud or when the fog is over our eyes. And there's absolutely no, I mean, there's nothing. You, you, you and I are so in love with this individual during that stage that you cannot make a sound decision. So when I have somebody come in and I say, okay, what part of the relationship are you at right now? And they say, oh, we're so in love with each other. And it's like, okay, so when was the last time you had an STD test? Well, that snatched them right out of, you know, out of that little cloud that they're in. (laughs) And we're talking about it. My nigga faithful, what you talking about? Well, and that's the thing is, that's not even that's not even the question at hand, whether or not they've been faithful. You know, you and I know it's, you know, folks have, you know, you you have medical issues. You have a past. Everybody. Exactly. You have a past. You need to have those discussions. Um, Why are people scared about this? I'll be, you know, I'll be candid here. When I married my first husband. You know, that marriage lasted 18 months. And I, I got a tax bill from the IRS because he hadn't paid taxes. Wow. Well, we hadn't talked about it. Right. That never came up. Why? Because, oh, we loved and this is what we need to do. And, you know, we had a son together and that was what, you know, that's what society expected of us. You know, so no, we cannot keep going into relationships with these uh, life-changing surprises. So I want to get a little personal here because this segment that you spoke about, about like not having the fog over your eyes, having being able to have like real um, conversations. I, I was having, um, so at the beginning of the year, I got into therapy 
uh, for multiple of reasons. But one of the things that I was able to unearth in therapy is just my construct of love and uh, ab abandonment issues and all of these, you know, additional things. Um, I have never been a person to love easily or quickly. That's never been my MO, uh, obviously, abandonment issues, et cetera. Um, that has reflected or been essentially the most negative feedback that I've received from men in general that I've dated, been in relationships with, had kids with, whatever. Um, and so I was having an interesting conversation with a gentleman and he loves quickly. And mm -hmm. his concept of love was to me very like flighty light. And, you know, that that foggy thing, which I think is great. I, I don't I didn't want to uh, say that his view on love was incorrect and that mine was correct, because I think people just generally like love at their own pace. But one thing that was striking to me that he said was that he only mirrored the fog of love. And to me. That's not real love. And I said, you know, I want to know he only what, mirror, like he only or, or he only spoke about the fog of love. Okay. Like he like the in love you know, part. Yeah. When he was oh, like, you, you ain't never been in love for a weekend. I was like, hell no. What the fuck yeah. is that? That's no. not real. In love for a weekend. No. Like that in lust. In, yeah, um, yeah. in, 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 in a like lot of light, you know, um, but. I was like, you know, hey, I need to know what you're like when you're angry. I would like to know how you handle conflict. I want to, I want to see you. You know what I mean? And yes. I can't see you under with, in all of this elevated, you know, fog. I, and, and not to say that you can't see somebody when you're in love, but that just didn't. You can't. I, I cannot. <laughs> like, that, that's how I. Per, that's that's my been my interpretation and my experience with love. Now, not to say that mine has been correct because I did, you know, open this this part of the of the conversation up by saying, you know, I went to therapy and I had to, you know, work through some things. And his question and feedback for me was, well, you seem to only associate love with trauma. And I was like, oh, shit. OK, well, I, I can understand that because I the first thing I mentioned was, hey, I want to see how you are. And when you're angry, I want to know all of these different things about you. Like, I, I want to be able to see you. So my question for you is, do you feel like there is an incorrect or correct way as far as like the, the pace of love? Um, can you, I don't want to say, can you love somebody quickly and it be genuine, but when you talk about this, this plan and these goals for the relationship, does that exist on, I guess, some type of timeline or maybe not timeline? You understand what I'm saying? I do. I do. I see what you, where you headed with that, because, um, first of all, as an individual, you have, you have some, um, you should have some life experiences up to this point when you're talking about a um, committed relationship. So you should have some boundaries established in your own life going forward. So with those boundaries and whatever those, um, those core values that you and I have, those usually end up um, dictating the pace at which you, you know, your relationship grow or develop. So if, for instance, um, you know, you're, you know, you just met, um, of course, within 
30 days. No, marriage should not be at the top of the conversation in a 30 day period. Why? Because like you said, you, I don't know you angry. I may not, I may not like the way you look when you're angry. You know, if you throw things and punch a wall, no, that does not, that does not equal love for me, you know? So how does, you know, do I decide at that point that no, this may not be working or are you willing to work on that? You know, that that's probably another idea to table for another day. But when, when, um, is there a particular pace? It depends on the couple themselves. Where are they at? What are they looking for? How fast are they looking for this relationship to work or to develop? Uh, what are they looking for from each other? Because a lot of times we, yeah, we, we want love and we want this relationship to just get going. Why? Because we want to get out of whatever situation we're in. So that is, becomes the driving force, you know? So, you know, what's, what's going on in the background? And be honest with each other. Be honest with yourself, for starters, and then be honest with each other. So, no, to answer the question of uh, is there a, a particular timeline, I don't think there is. I don't think there's one written in stone. It'll depend on the couple themselves. I think, well, to even piggyback on that, I mean, what if there, let's say that there is a relationship that, you know, one person wants something and the other person wants something completely different. And now you're at like five years. I think that moment of kind of like when to end things and like, should we try or should we not try? Sometimes a lot of times it's like very hard for people unless like for me there, I would rather like a very clear, distinct, like, I don't know, you slept with my sister or something like that, that the line in the sands have been so egregious that it is crystal clear to me that th- that this needs to end. But when you live in this kind of like gray area on things, that's kind of like, well, you could work on this, but you don't. Or like, I don't like this, but I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's like, you know, what is that cutoff period that it's like now, now too much time has passed. Now this timeline has gone on too long. Well, okay. So what do you, what would be the, what would the couple be looking for? You know, what is it that you want from each other? Okay. So start there. Um, so you had to say year five, how did we get to year five with you both not having this, not being on the same path? So, mm. you know, let's go back to maybe we started drifting apart from maybe year three or year two or year one, you know, it's easier to deal with those hard, um, you know, those hard areas in an earlier time in the relationship versus when you're at year five. I've heard this before, especially women. We say, oh, I've invested so much in this relationship. I don't really want to leave. But dude, it's not going anywhere. It's not Mm -hmm. going anywhere right now. So cut your losses, you know, regroup, go to therapy, talk to somebody, process it, and let's start over. Because if you stay in five years, you're still going to be 45 or 50. So why have the next five years be difficult if it doesn't have to be? You yeah. know, the, you know, we, we can't hide from the things that are, that stand in their face in us. You know, if it's, if it's um, you know, as couples, if we're, if we're at a, a crossroad where now we're heading in different directions, you saw the signs. Don't, that's my, one of my mantras. Don't ignore the red flags. 
Don't make excuses for the red flags. They're there for a reason. Red flags looking spot. like six flags sometimes. I was thinking the same. <laughs> exactly. The same thing. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I, and speaking of that, that is something like hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? So like you said, you know, you always know like, mm, that was, that was a red flag. And that, that one really, I didn't really like that, but you're kind of like, oh, it's okay. It's not the deep bag of these red flags. And now it is that deep. And now we're at, like I said, now we're five years later. And I think even, I mean, that's something that my therapist actually bought up last night and she, literally said that you have to figure out I think it was are you in like basically what does a relationship look like for you because she was saying how some people you can be married and possibly not even be in a relationship you're just kind of two people Mm -hmm. coexisting and you've gone about in life and you don't you know you barely even scratch the surface level like you're just Mm -hmm. literally and especially like you said you got kids and and you're just you're coexisting in these spaces but it's like I don't really really know who you are right right Yep. Those are, um, those are probably the hardest, especially when, you know, um, you know, you've invested the time you have children and now of course, you know, society, what are they going to think or what are their in-laws going to think? And they become the driving force for your relationship. Mind you, they don't live in your house. They should not be the one dictating what is happening in your house. And for God's sakes, put in the work. You know, I know as as moms, we love our kids. The love that we have for our kids will never, I mean, nothing can penetrate that. But as couples, you have to put some time in your relationship. Because guess what? Kids are going to grow up and they're going to leave. They're going to start their own life. And then, you know, I have friends that got divorced at, you know, after 33 years of marriage. How does that, how does that happen? You this know, when the kids been, left. Pardon? When the kids left. After, like, yes, after right the after. Gone. Yeah, right after the, all the children were gone. Yeah. I have yeah. heard of wow. that before. Yeah. yeah. Karen and, and Ray. It's sad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like Karen and Red. That is sad. Yeah, to be with somebody for that long, and then you've essentially been holding on for the children. That's why I said this is the hardest shit I have ever done in my life. Like, <laughs> what's so hard? Um, I think right. We on, on this episode. Um, and this is no secret. Like, I am in a relationship with someone who will just like will not communicate, and it is it is like the most infuriating thing to deal with to say like, Hey, and, and, and keep in mind in my relationships in the past or relationship, I, I would sweep things under the rug. And I kind of was like, this is fine. It's, it's okay. And it's like the house was burning down behind. And then you just get to a point where you're like, nah, this isn't going to work. And then we broke up. Um, and so as I moved forward in relationships, I said that I wanted to communicate and I did not want to, no one is a mind reader, especially not men. Um, And so not, I'm not saying that every single thought that pops into my head, I'm communicating that. But obviously when things start to come to a head, it's like, hey, this is a major issue here. And to address that with someone who does not give feedback and kind of looks at you is it's, it's like, I feel like I'm driving myself into a wall some days. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think, and when I, when I spoke about that, it's like, how do you move forward from that? Especially with someone that won't talk. It's like, mm-hmm. we can't solve anything if we're, it's like you're hemorrhaging out and you, you know, you, you don't put a bandaid on. It's just like, you're going to bleed out unless you resolve whatever the issue is, unless you get a bandaid or you, you stitch it up or whatever it is, there has to be some type of action item. And I think for him, it's like, well, I'm here and I'm loyal and that should be enough. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, no. Like, that's like having a cake with no eggs and no salt and no nothing else. It's like, we just got flour and we even got no sugar. We got fl- we got flour and some baking soda. The cake not even rising? The cake not even rising. Like, I don't want no cake. That's not we have, sweet. We have flatbread. <laughs> we got flatbread. I'm trying to have a cake, you know? And, and I think, like, what, what we talked, we, we talked about this briefly before the show started and, and your how your upbringing can affect all that and how some I literally are. was about to like say that same thing to yeah, because like, in that's the beginning it. of my own relationship like I was him in a way like I wasn't a good communicator and it wasn't because I didn't know like what to say or like how to say it I think for me I never had to explain myself and so mm-hmm. if you come from a place of like even with your parents and you know they're like how was your day good move on in mm-hmm. past relationships saying what I want to say because I was a bit younger so the conversations that we were having weren't about bills and you know like not kids but the dog and like things real like conflict this, real conflict real conversation real life shit and I didn't have I never had to explain myself so having to do that almost came to me in the sense of like a shutdown now you now you basically trying to be my parent and my damn parents don't even talk to me like this and so mm. i had to get out of that mind frame of like thinking of it being parental and that you're like dictating to me what i should be doing whereas we're just having a conversation it's more like just tell me why you did xyz and then we can kind of figure out because to your point that you were getting to t is like a lot of this shit is from childhood like i didn't explain myself as a kid so i mean and i guess for you then what is the point that made you say hey Actually, I'm going, I'm going to, there, I got my notes still right here. And I think it was, uh, there was something, I forgot what the word that she used, but you know, what was the action that made you just say, Hey, actually I should probably give a little bit more thought to this and I should explain myself. Therapy. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Look at Karen. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, because it was it, like, so I think the thing about therapy for me, at least, I didn't tell my therapist anything that I didn't tell him necessarily, but it came, mm-hmm. it, it comes through in a different way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it is the same information, but I think when you do it there, it's well, like you get so much backstory and you get all these crazy stories and all of this and you're like, right. huh, I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Karen. Yeah, I, I, know, I know you're about to say something. The thing is with a therapist or, or a coach, just having that, that, um, that other person, you got to remember too, coaches and therapists, we are not emotionally attached to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We just tell you about yourself and keep moving. (laughs) You know, we don't owe you anything, but to show up and do the work we tell you to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So you don't have all that backstory and, uh, and afflictions and attachments and which is why, which is why I, 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 I have two friends that are 
in a new relationship and are in therapy. And I think it is so commendable mm-hmm. um, to, and they're, they're both kind and of like- They're in couples therapy or separate therapy? No, couples, couples. Wow. Um, one of my friends is in, she was in um, separate ther- solo therapy or whatever. And her and her new relationship, they are in couples therapy. They've probably been dating for three months. Um, but they are, they're a little older. So I think, you know, back to what you were saying, you probably, or you should, I would hope with maturity and age, you know, a little bit more of like, I, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And I think the key word is to flourish. And that's what I, I try to drive home. It's like, we can be here and just be stagnant and just be You're together. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I, again, I'm trying to have cake, not flatbread. Um, right. So I'm, I'm trying to like thrive in what it is that I'm doing. Um, so like I said, they, they both have therapy and even like mine is so bad. It's to the point where not only do we not talk, um, like he refuses to do therapy, like any couples, solo, anything like nothing. Um, has it ever been an ultimatum? Okay, Darren, I'm going to need you to stay out my head. (laughs) (laughs) Karen, is that okay? What you think about ultimatums? No, it's so funny. I literally, I mean, it's Tuesday night. And I, Monday night was like, there has to be an ultimatum at this point. Um, But then I think, how do you even communicate that without someone feeling like, like you're not, because one, for me, I hate ultimatums. Because if you give me ultimatum, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Like, oh, word, that's how you feel? Well, I'm out. Like, I, I don't, I, that, that's probably some childhood stuff about feeling boxed in or you telling me what to do and you're not my parent. Um, so it's like, how do you even communicate an ultimatum that is like not got, that's disguised as an ultimatum more so? Well, the thing is with, with, um, with ultimatum, they really don't sound as bad as they do as the word itself sound, because it's now you're trying to make somebody do something. And that's not the goal of an ultimatum. It's really to communicate, okay, your behavior makes me feel this way. Mm -hmm. Not not that anything is wrong with them, but, you know, you know, uh, Daryl, you said this. And when you said that, it makes, this is how it made me feel. Oh, Karen, you know how many times I heard that one? Luckily, I don't hear it anymore, but that is how you learn somebody, honestly. So, that's true. yeah, this is the effect of what you said in a way. It's not you, it's like how you made me feel when you did or said what you did. Correct, correct. Because the the goal here is not to make the other person feel like, um, you know, something is wrong with them. You and I are, you know, you are you, I am me, and maybe those two can come together to make the cake that I want, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not, you know, you don't add peanut butter to cake, but when you add it to, you know, to jelly and a slice of bread, it's awesome, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So maybe we're just not the right, you know, the right fit, the right mix. And even in communicating that, it's... um you still want to do it with some you know level of respect for the for the other person but also respect for yourself and this relationship you know like yeah i i mean i still love you and i would hope that this relationship mean enough to you in order in order to mm. get the, the help that we need that's the hook forward. right there i would yeah. hope this relationship means enough to you yeah, yeah. Mm. And one more time I'm, I, I have a whole <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you would think the relationship means the same. And for married couples, I would like to think that the marriage means this, you know, as much to you as it does to me and want to do the work, you know, because yeah, it is, it is some, it is some work. There's nothing in life that you're going to get or reach or goal that you're going to reach without doing the work yeah mm. i almost flipped my table i literally i i i almost ran into a ditch saying that like there is nothing in this life that mm-hmm. does not change and that does not require work not i i don't yeah. care we are we can talk about constant leave. constant yeah, like whatever it is and i'm like so to think that you don't have to, that, that's another thing I have written down. Like a relationship is a verb. So to think that yes. there's no action behind what it is in a relationship is like, wait, what? Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. That's like getting in a car and just like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to go to work. Yeah, right. Yeah. You gotta you gotta drive. And the therapy car. is really the first step. It's yes. not even the work. The work yeah. happens when you leave the session. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, you know, your coach or your therapist will give you what's called an action plan to mm-hmm. go home. And for those five days or six days that you're away from your coach or your therapist, that's where the real work is. Yeah. That's where yeah. the real work is. And then when you come back, yeah, we probably make you feel guilty if you don't do the work. <laughs> I know. Her I thought. Talk- I told you, listen, I'm adding on to my homework. Like I have so much homework. I'm adding on to the things that she has said from this conversation to now add on. Like I literally got my whole. I mean, that's a beautiful thing though, because you're committed to making it work. And I think you also have to include your partner in, in those conversations, obviously, once you start doing your work. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that therapy piece is, is, is important. Yeah, yeah, but it's hard for black men to see that sometimes, unfortunately. Unfortunately, black men therapy. It's funny that conversation alone, and I and this is not about my relationship. And someone that I used to work with actually reached out to me today for therapy for artists, and Mm -hmm. I had actually had a similar conversation even before I talked to her. So this is two conversations just about some of the artists that I have worked with and how much like that is needed specifically with black men. Like there is so much trauma, um, especially, you know, if, 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 and I don't want to say like alternative lifestyle, but if you were, if you are, are in an an alternative lifestyle and depression and so many things that I think we kind of just think like, oh, that's an age thing or cause they're all like 20 something. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, oh, that, that's just like some 20, 19, like, no, no, no. There's some really, really deep, stuff that I feel like as, as, and and I've seen it, like, as I've built a relationship with some of them that just like, you might say one thing and I'm like, "Mm, that ain't, that's some other like trauma that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and even what I said, like an ultimatum therapy, these words, they're not even that deep and you hear them. And it's just like, I feel like they just get like bumps on the back of their neck or something. And it's like this like eerie thing. Oh, I could never ever approach like, and I mean, boyfriend artist with like hey i think you should go to therapy like i I already i i immediately like i'm gonna get a visceral like no reaction essentially you know what's funny is um that's men in general believe it or not um they don't want to hear the word therapy what i usually suggest is you said that's men in general across all races i think think it's that's good feedback yeah because there there are um 
you know, there are some truth to, okay, you know, black men or Latino men, they don't want to, you know, go sit down and talk to a therapist, but I usually suggest it this way. Um, how about you just talk to somebody about that and get some tools to work through that? Mm. May not label it therapy, right. but it's even if it's like, not necessarily like your homeboy, but like, even if it's like a friend that you can open up to, to have conversation, I think that's another angle you can yes. spin it as well, where I think mm-hmm. for men, sometimes, what, how am I trying to say this? Men in relationships don't normally talk about the inner workings of their relationships to each other. And usually men in relationships right. mm-hmm. don't have other men friends that are in relationships sometimes. So I think even kind of talking to that friend that's in a relationship actually helps too. Hey, if you're just talking, just talking. If if your man want to chat with me, I'm happy to to facilitate that conversation. I I think it's like, at this point, I'm not even like, well, actually I'm particular because you can get the wrong information from somebody, but like just talk at this point. Um, And I think to that point, you know, I, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I was in a clubhouse chat with led by Karen Stefan Superhead, who obviously, you know, is more well known for sleeping with rappers and actors and exposing all of them and has written two bestseller books about that. I'm sorry. Those eight. books were good as hell. And they were, she read eight. I'm, I'm buying the other six. She wrote um, eight. She wrote eight. I and only read this two. conversation. Okay. And I was so shocked because one, it was so like, she was actually talking about meditation and affirmations and um, like basically how she has grown since all of that. And literally explaining, like telling women in, in the chat, like men don't respect you if you're just constantly naked. Like what else are you providing? Like, what is your brain? Like what, what, what else do you have to back it up? And again, it's weird hearing this from someone that has essentially made an entire career off this. But something that she did kind of end on was that like men are actually so simple. Like, and I think the word she used was actually primal that, you know, like if it's like food, you know, sex, like I forgot what the other two maybe were. And for women, we're like, well, I feel and I'm emoting and my emotions and, and blah, 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 blah. And how almost like if we were also like a lot of things that they do don't even concern us. Like we think that, and that's me. Oh, I think everything revolve around me. I'm like, well, why would you do that? Because it affected me this way. They and never, like, they never thought about you, honestly. I was, and it's like, I was never even well, thinking. That's also a bad thing as well, because in whatever you did, I should have been a part of the thought process because you are in a relationship. So it goes both ways with that yeah. too. Being a man, you know, playing devil's advocate and all. I was about to say, but I feel like is the answer to date women. Like what? I, I don't, because I was my like, answer. <laughs> because it's like you gotta go through all that it's like y'all are so simple and i'm like and i don't and i'm not placing blame on any gender but like i I, if it is it's seemingly that simple and it's 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 typically us overthinking and them being so simple it's like again why is this so hard and i think it's like why are so many people single that and seemingly want to be in relationships and even i feel like having that connection with somebody and just bonding with somebody that used to be very difficult for me. Like mm-hmm. what you said about that guy, like finding love in a weekend. I have not lust. Yes. I, I have never now he had three relationships in COVID. Yeah. I, I had, Oh my God. Three. That's insane. Like I've had three relationships my entire life. I hope you get some COVID, 
I've only had three relationships my entire life. Yeah, I've had three my entire life. So like, oh I have gosh, me too. can't relate. Ooh. Come on, we three for three. Wow, that's so crazy. That's so, that's but again, crazy. it's like, why is it so difficult? Like, why must all of this be so? Difficult? The thing is, though, what I what I think with with um, with relationships or with just with communication. Um, what I have found is even people that say they don't communicate or people that we um, think don't communicate, it depends on what the topic is. Because when you get them in certain scenarios or certain environments, oh yeah, you can't shut them up. So mm-hmm. it's at the end of the day, it's a choice. It's still a choice. It wow. can come down as simple as that, a choice. That's very true. That is so <laughs> true. Like Communicate I mean, down about some shit that don't matter. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I can even take it, you know, you can take it to another, um, you know, another level. Um, you put me in a room with a bunch of um, brain surgeons and I'm absolutely quiet. I'm just listening because I don't know what on earth y'all talking about. Right, right. You know, so when, when, um, when you, you know, you put me among some coaches and therapists and, oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. We, you know, we can have a, we can talk all night long about relationships and marriages and that kind of stuff. That's, you know, that's what excites me. So when, you know, when we say, okay, you know, so-and-so don't, don't, you know, they don't communicate well, you know, let's rethink that. Let's change the environment and see if the results are the same, you know? Because that's probably what some of the things you may want to find out, not meaning to coach you right this minute. No, no, coach, I told you. No. I, told you I was going to be triggered. And uh, I, I said it, and I, and I wanted to be, because unfortunately, that's how I, that's how things, like, connect for me. That's yeah. Like, oh, ow. Okay, that worked, though. It worked. Um. So I... I yeah, that- I'm just saying that could be one of the questions. Yeah. Honey, what are the things that you get excited about? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things that excite you? What are the things that makes you think? What are the things that make you scared? What are the things that, um, mm. you know, in what situation do you find yourself that make you feel insecure? And what is it that you find in me? What do I bring to you? What do I, what do I bring to this relationship? You know, how do I make you feel? And don't tell me you just, I just make you feel good. That describe good. Tell me what good feels like. What does, you know, good look like actually, you know? So when, when you say, um, you know, you don't communicate a lot of times it's, um, I take that back. I shouldn't say a lot of times because sometimes you know, you find yourself asking maybe not the right questions, you know, we don't ask the right questions or we don't ask the questions the right way. So it could be the right question, just not, you know, communicated the right way. And so people are left in that, you know, in that conversation feeling either or feeling, um, you know, beat up on or, you know, somewhat condemned or, you know, like um, Daryl was saying earlier, you're you're preaching to me or, you you know, now I feel like a child or, you know, whatever those negative um, reactions could be. So, you know, try not to have that conversation when you are upset or in the middle of a heated heated argument or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You over dinner, honey, where do you see us? What do you think we're, you know, where, where, where are we heading right now? what do you want from me? How can I, what am I bringing to you? What are, you know, and you know, just some of those, those are just a few, you know, few of the questions you ask to kind of get. Now, if 
you know, he still ain't talking. Yeah, a therapist. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's so crazy because literally this is what, this is the conversation that I did have with my therapist about asking questions as opposed to, you know, and, and in the spirit of self-awareness. Um, I, I, I In the spirit. Yeah, in the spirit of self-awareness in the past. I, and I know like if, if my voice goes above a decibel of this, it's like, we, we can't, we don't even move forward um, because right. it's like we're yelling. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm excited and I'm fucking pissed off also. So then it's like, as soon as that happens, I don't, it's like, I don't react well more, yeah, yeah exactly. like that, that I've realized that doesn't work. And I think, you know, over the course of these two years, I, I have, I'm not going to lie. I felt, I felt like last week, I just got to the point where I was able to effectively communicate myself. But then as this conversation and the conversation I had last night, um, it's, you know, you're obviously still constantly learning about yourself and your person because she even said to me just to ask the questions and listen. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't really give a lot of feedback. And I was like, wait, what? What do you mean I can't debate? Like, I don't know nothing about that life. And I'm like, she's like, you have, you have to listen. You have to listen to listen, not to respond. Not to respond. And I was like, right. Right. I was like, so I, I was like, I really listen. can't go back and forth. Listen, Linda, listen. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> listen, Linda. Yeah, so like for me, you know, that that is something that's challenging for me just yeah. to um listen and, and and again, self awareness. I've heard that I guess I wasn't the best listener. So I was like, Oh, this is really gonna be um a challenge challenging combo for mm -hmm. us both because you gotta talk and I gotta listen and not, you know, give uh, you know, like you said, a lot of times, like whatever I'm coming from and how I feel, I'm obviously going to interject that. I'm like, well, that ain't, you ain't. Him. So now I'm like, just, this is going to be, this is going to be the hardest thing I've done all week. You know what though? I would, I would even suggest that um, you pick a day, pick a day separately from the day that he's going to give his feedback. And he, you know, you, he has his, he gets his day where you guys just talk and you ask the questions and you, you know, he provides his answers mm -hmm. and then you do another day when, you know, the roles are flipped that way, mm. you're not, um, contaminating the conversation with any of your own personal feelings mm. in that moment. Write that down. Yeah. I like that. Although I remember that one. Cause that, you know, I, I got to get my points off. Okay. <laughs> I ain't gonna forget that one. That one involved me. <laughs> yeah, and so it comes back again to okay, how you know how much does this relationship mean to each of you to put in the work? Mm -hmm. Because you know it, it's you you at some point when you're in a re, a committed relationship, we do have to put ourselves aside sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know that doesn't mean we're denying you know, our core values that are, you know, who we are as, as, um, as persons, but, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, you're given a part of yourself hoping, you know, that that same vulnerability will be reciprocated, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, I'm telling you, that's what, that's what true love and true relationship is. You know, yeah, you're going to get the butterflies when you first meet, but honey, when you start giving parts of yourself and receiving parts of the other person, that's, uh, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's for mm. real. 
Yeah. So I have a I have a, a off relationship question mm-hmm. uh, because you do do coaching I guess for people who are not in you know marriages and things like that. What would be your suggestion for a person who is reintroducing themselves to loving themselves? So that mm-hmm. is more so been the process for me post relationship. What does loving me look mm-hmm. like? How do I reinvite love to myself after, you know, experiencing so many different, uh, I, w- I don't want to say bad relationships, but you just know, wasn't for you. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just wasn't really for me. Um, and, and getting back to the root of, of loving who you individual. Um, you know, start with who, who am I, you know, learning your identity learning the things that, um, you know, the things that make you tick, you know, your, what are your own personal goals? What are your own personal, um, you know, what are the things that you're going after in life? And nine times out of 10, especially us women, you know, we have, we have an idea of the things that somebody decided to send us into that box, but um, they often don't. So, you know, you have to at least have some, um, you know, some idea of who you are as an individual first. What is that you, um, most importantly, I think, is having your, um, having your identity just cemented. What is it that you want from a relationship? So once you cement those things, you don't back away from that. You don't compromise that. If you're saying that of my relationships in the future, um, an individual that communicates well, well, don't excuse away the next person that shows up and doesn't communicate Mm. well. If you said earlier that this is part of me loving myself is I want somebody that communicates well so I can always have healthy conversations, then don't compromise that when it, when, you know, that somebody shows up and somewhat kind of like, look like what you're looking for Mm. when that was not, that's not it. You know, we find, we often compromise where, you know, what we said we were going to do, what we said we wanted from a relationship. And, you know, over time, those, those compromises, you compromise here and here and here and here and here. And then before you know it, five years, 10 years into the relationship, and you have lost who you are as an individual, you know? And so, yeah, you've got to make full circle and come back. Okay, let me start back to loving myself. What was it that made me exciting? What was it that excited me? What was it that excited my senses? What was it that made me, um, you know, want to get up in the morning, you know? And yeah, get, you know, get back to those basic things. You know, sadly, sometimes it's, it's not our family of origin. That's why they were right. pretty poor. <laughs> but, you know, we know where we, we, we know that doesn't always work out. Yeah. Yeah. I love mm. that. It's like, get back to the basics. Another thing, you think, I think that we were talking about the Bell Hooks book earlier. 
And it's like knowing yourself and self-love. Like you're typically, even as a child, it's like, don't hit them. Be like, go say, like, you're, you're always taught this external version of what love should look like, as opposed right. to, you know, accepting yourself and being happy with the person that you are, um, that you're not, you know, we weren't, I think these future generations that are popping up probably, or hopefully we'll have a better handle on that. But like, I wasn't taught that, you know, of like what, what that looks like for yourself and, 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 and how to like love you. It's like, it almost seems selfish. And it's like, that's the number one love. Like that's the one that you need to be starting with. Yeah. Yeah. If you and I don't know how to love ourselves, trust and believe you're not about to love anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. not happening. You, you, you have no idea how to do that Yeah. because when you, the thing is you can get caught up with codependency if you are not mm-hmm. loving yourself first. Oh my gosh. It's a yeah. not going to... I'm sorry, Daryl. What did you just say? Oh, I was saying that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can yeah. see it. Like I, I have a friend like that that I'm like, I don't even know how you gonna find a relationship because you don't love yourself. Like, and it's very, it's it's so like painfully obvious. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I I don't. And and you keep having these string of of situationships, and it's like because you're literally you don't you. It, it, like I said, it's painfully obvious that you do not love yourself. I had to figure and, that and out in a relationship. It's like, and how do you tell somebody that? Mm. Yeah. How to love yourself? Mm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think yeah. it's something that I, yeah, I still have to like daily work at, um, even something I'm so mad. I'm going back to the superhead. She gave out mantras of wait a minute. And I wrote them down. She gave out mantras of just yourself and like getting out of toxic behavior. And like, one of them was like, everything is already all right. Um, faith and fear cannot exist in the same place at the same time. You have to choose. And then hers was no personal problem. So she was basically like, if you keep getting the same problem out of this person, you might need to cut it off. Like it, it might need to be it because at the end of the day, yeah, she was like, you know, are you, while we think it's like the end of the world, she was like, you know, you, you're still, if it, should you have your own, this is um, like, you're still, if you break up with somebody, you're still gonna have a roof over your head. She was like, can you walk outside and your car is still there? You still gonna have the same job. Like your world isn't going to ultimately like crumble. Like it's not, I'm not discrediting and saying it's not a hard thing, but it's like those at least necessities will still be in place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, well, when you think about it like that, I was like, she right. Pros and cons. One side of the pros, one side of the crons, and you go through. Yeah, <laughs> did them this morning, or even open my inbox. She got that from that damn, um, that damn Tyler Perry movie. What? <laughs> oh she my God. slick. <laughs> this already, girl. <laughs> Why are you telling G? Why are you telling? Right, I, I just remember information. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you I are. Have, you are Tyler Perry. I am. Oh I am. That was why did I? Oh my god! I tried to watch it on Sunday. I'm gonna watch it after tonight. Uh, oh no! I definitely. I. I and I. And I figured I was. And I have a list somewhere else. And I was trying to find it because I was like, "Well, did shit change? Shit. <laughs> Let me find my list. Make sure I ain't leave nothing off. I need to start putting it in my notes on my phone. I'm, I'm literally gonna transfer it to there. Um, I organized my notes earlier today. A lot of this happened. Um, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Karen, do you have a definition of love? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, 
as a listen as a Christian, I look at love as um, you know the simple definition is okay. God mm-hmm. is love. Well, what is um, you know what is uh, what is God to me? You know, you you know we see in you know God's word talks about who God is, um, how He loves, and um, how He does what He does, and when we think about when we think about love it's not a it's not a um it's not a monolith it's not just a you know one single thing it's an action word for starters it's um it is present it is given of yourself it is knowing yourself um it can go so it can go so much deeper, you know. It's so I can't even say what my definition is. The thing is, when I see it, I know it and I recognize it. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can tell you that my husband loves me. I know that he does. Um, well, for one, he's still here. And I'm crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> you know, but, you know, even in, you know, um, next month will be 28 years. I mentioned earlier, but I've known him for 29 years Fine. and we have, you know, we've, we've grown, we have evolved. And, you know, I remember when I told him, okay, so the first two years, two or three years we were married, I said, listen, if you ever cheat on me, I am out. I am gone. You are done. <laughs> Relationship is over. And then by year 15, I said, hmm, mm. maybe we would just work through it. Mm. Then by year 20, no, I probably would strangle her first and then we will work on it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <Right> now. <laughs> Because by now, you know, we have 401ks, you know, we got trust, we got insurance policies, we got real estate. Nah, (laughs) that's not going to go over like that. (laughs) It's a business now. Yeah, exactly. It is. It it has so much. um, The marriage has so much life to it and so many different tentacles now to where there's an investment being made, you know, so the point I'm making with that is we have found ourselves loving each other differently over the years, you know, as the decades went by, we started loving differently, you know? So yeah, we, we did start out like, Oh my gosh, I can't get him out of my mind. I can't get him out of my thoughts. I just, you know, got to see this guy every day. And, you know, just over time, it, it just, um, you know, it just evolved. You know, so it would be okay. What does love? What does love? These jewels, these sitting in front of me. You know, we all you've heard the, the five languages, mm-hmm. but you know, is they're not contained into that five. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that? Um, how do you interpret love? You know, I'm one of those people. Don't buy me a bunch of flowers and think that that just told me you love me. I flowers means nothing to me. Flowers doesn't do anything for me. You know, but us sitting down having a conversation and you pouring life into me, you know, telling me, um, "Hey, I'm 
proud of you. I'm so glad you know, are stepping out, doing, doing what you're doing. I'm here to support you. Oh my gosh, I'm in love all over again. You know. So you've 29 years or 28 years next month, you said? Next month will be 28 years. 28 years. I don't mean to be like a pessimist. I think it will come off that way, but that's not my intent. I don't see that for my generation. I I don't see 28 years. Granted, we aren't there yet, right? (laughs) But I I think it's very hard for me to really depict seeing my generation and those after me married for 28 years. We just live in a different level of of stimulation than than the generation that precedes us. Um, Our our lives are plugged into into the internet, into receiving and being and and seeing and having accessibility. Really, I think that's what it comes down to. Accessibility to so many things, accessibility to people. And and I think that we won't see the true detriment of that until later. Um, What are your thoughts as you, you know, uh, coach individuals, maybe in my age group, and we're all like 35, 33 here, um, you know, what are your thoughts as, <laughs> as you see, you know, like our group of people um, coming in and wanting to really like dive into love, but, you know, whether we be in relationships or marriages or not, what are your thoughts? Is there any like fear there? Is there any, um, is there anything that you see that we could work on like collectively or just, you know, just your thoughts in general, I guess. Well, in, in general speaking, I, it's funny, I was having a conversation with my youngest son. He's, um, he's 26. So we were just talking about that. And he said, you know what, mom, um, you know, marriage, you know, just the whole conversation about marriage and what he thought about it. And, you know, I said, here's the thing, not because not because you didn't, you know, you made mistakes in those areas mean that it's not for you or it's not a, um, still a valuable thing, you know, a valuable tool. I got to remember I'm on a podcast. I don't want to talk about his business too much, but (laughs) 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 love you, son. (laughs) But the point, the point is, um, you know, because that is that generation that you're talking about. My kids, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they range from 26 to 34, you know, so when we talking about marriage, it's like, um, yeah, how do you, you know, how do you guys see, you know, see yourself, you know, the, you know, a couple of them like, no, we're, no, we're not doing that. Marriage is not for me. Now, mind you, they've seen it modeled well, you know, in front of them, yet they don't have a, a desire, you know, to, you know, to want that. So, you know, and it, it's, oh gosh, it's a host of contributing factors because, um, you know, they, they think that you have to, you know, where you have to have a home. Well, you know, the job market is what it is and I'll never be able to purchase a home. And so all of those little, you know, um, everyday things or obstacles or whatever. But I do, I am hopeful. That's my, that's my words. I am hopeful that, um, you know, our, our younger generation would want, uh, you know, somebody 
to spend the rest of their days with, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm 53 next month and, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not sure what my life would be like not having somebody to share it with. You know what I mean? Beautiful. Because yeah. it is, it is, um, it's like that, you know, it was. Um, but we don't really live in that reality. You know, we live in a very individual, even though I think we'd like to think that we live in a very, in, in a community like yeah. life, but we are being pulled more into like an individual mindset than we are of, of sharing it with one person or if we're sharing anything it's very transactional it's not like the rest mm-hmm. of my days you know yeah so then okay if that's the case I what what um those things may be pulling on you At some point you stop you look in the mirror and you say okay is to continue to dictate who I am um you know um you know the internet and the you know uh, the constant barrage of information that we you know that we face now we can we can turn those things off there's still a choice Mm -hmm. You know, so at the end of the day, there's a decision. Yeah, it may be a little bit more difficult than when I was growing up, but it's a decision that we all want to make. Okay, do I want, um, at the end of the day, to be by myself or at the end of my days, what is going to be more important to me? You know, what is the most important thing? What is... um, what will it be? What, what's the legacy that I want to leave behind? And what is, you know, because you go beyond yourself and you say, even in a relationship, what impact do I want this relationship to have on the world at large? You know, we, as in, you know, young people, we want to get on the stage and we want to say, yes, we are the woke generation. We know what we want. We got this. We know what we want to do. But yet when it comes down to, you know, my actual contribution to the wokeness of society, then it's like, no, I'm going to sit on Facebook or I'm going to get, you know, it's, we, it's not as serious as we're making it to be. You, you, mm-hmm. Am I making sense here? Yeah. And you know? I think with, I, I, as much of a pessimist as I am, I'm still very hopeful. Um, yeah. and, I, and I do think, you know, choice is still a very hard thing like that doesn't exclude all the other external factors and the things that we bought up but like you said i I think at the end of the day all of those there's always going to be external factors in anything that we're doing so choosing to stay on that straight and narrow and stay with that person it's like when they say like you got to choose your person every day like that that's not just like a saying like you literally have to every single solitary day be like all right no i i choose you i had a friend of mine tell me one time, he was like, there's only two people in a relationship. He's mm-hmm. like all the other shit and the stuff that people will tell you and your friends mm-hmm. and all the people. Mm-hmm. He was like, at the end of the day, there are literally just you and him in this relationship. Exactly. So Which he, is a beautiful thing in the same sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Like, and he told me this in a club, like music going. And I was like, ah! 
<laughs> like, I was about to start crying. Um, but it, it always stuck with me. And this was yeah. last year. It always stuck with me that at the end of the day, like, yes, you, you, the, both of you not want, you know, but mm-hmm. you both have to every day choose each other. And then hopefully mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that we can get to that place where we talking about girl, I've been married for 30 years. <laughs> 40 years. Yeah. Cause every, every day is a, um, our entire life basically is a series of decisions. You know, everywhere, wherever we found ourselves today, this moment, this minute, it is a sum total of decisions that we've made to get here. You know, so do I want to go somewhere different? Do I want a different destination? We make different decisions, you know, and it may sound, oh, that's just so simple. It kind of really is hard, but it is simple. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a simple decision. Yeah. But we, you know, it is going to cost us something. It is. Yeah. Um, so our, our closing show questions are, um, what would you tell your younger self? Oh my gosh. Girls. <laughs> uh, it's not that important. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, don't sweat the peanuts. That's my... You know, that's one of the, uh, one of my mantras, you know, you know, don't sweat the peanuts. This is, the thing is we, I used to, um, <laughs> gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but I remember when I would look in the mirror and didn't like what I see, you know, I just thought I was just not, um, I, you know, because you, you're getting told that, you know, your nose are too big, your, your, your lips are too big, your head too big, your skin too dark. And so those were the things that framed my identity. And then it was like, you know, after a while you learn that, hey, it's, I can't change any of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, so what do I, you know, how do I navigate that? Um, yeah, my lips are big, but are they too big? No, they're not. It's perfect for my face. It's mm-hmm. perfect for me. So you know, it was those things that um, that you really weigh on me at older, early twenties. And you know, you just get to a place where it's like, you know what? I think I'm good. I'm good just the way I am. Yeah, mm. yeah. Don't sweat so, the yeah, peanuts. Don't, you know. Don't sure, sweat the peanuts. Ooh, we have a whole other conversation peanuts. on that. So yes, Lord. Um, <laughs> right. And then um, what do you know for sure? Like before, I think you said God is love. So what, it, I mean, that could be it, but what do you know for sure? What do I know for sure? Yeah, that's one of them. But I know for sure that I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Mm. No matter where this pandemic leads, this country goes, my environment, the job, it's going to be okay. Wow. I felt I that it. one. I Me felt too. that one. Mm. You know I did. Karen, I, I told you I knew I was going to be triggered. I knew we didn't oh. had a whole therapy <laughs> session. I, I have a whole page full of notes. <laughs> um Thank you so, 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 so much. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. This was really fun. If I could give you a hug right now, I would. Oh. A COVID hug. Right? <laughs> like, I could, I really would. 
Yeah. I've been smiling this whole time. So thank uh, you. Thank you. You guys are great. No, thank no, you. Thank Can you. people find you anywhere? Oh, yes. Um, my website is, uh, of course, um, coachforlifellc.com. And it's C-O-A-C-H, the number four, lifellc.com. And of course, I'm on, I'm on Instagram as Coach for Life LLC as well. So yeah, um, I'm out there. Come say hi. Oh. <laughs> Girl, we calling you next week. Um, yeah, I'm like, oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sooner maybe than you know. Your, maybe send your man to her. That'll be the less... Uh... It won't, it won't have the therapy stigma. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Go and get them tools. Go and get these tools. Yeah. Tools, tools. I said, just tools. Yeah, just, I said, go to the tools. shed and get the tools. It's just, yeah, yeah, just, just tools. tools. Uh, well, again, thank you so much. And yes, thank you. You're so welcome. So welcome. All right, bye. Bye, guys. Bye.